What's up, everybody? It is Romeo Santos and Kenny Fulton here, the host of The Rap Show, where we're going to be talking to you about real estate strategies, tips, tricks for both agents and consumers. Kenny, what's going on, man? Hey, Rome, what's going on, man? I'm good. I'm good. So, you listen, we've been, well, today's what? It's Friday the 12th, the 12th of March, right? We're hot into the spring market. And this is a spring market like I haven't seen since 2007, thankfully, without the mortgage crisis that was going on back then. And I thought that what we would talk about this week that would be the most impactful for people is what type of deals are actually getting accepted because we're seeing some pretty crazy stuff out there, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a very tough market right now, you know, coming off of, you know, Corona 2020, you know, many people who are looking to move, you know, companies weren't relocating people and people were kind of really unsure about what was happening with the world. So we have a, a backlog of buyers from last year, as well as homes that didn't come on the market. And now this year, people are finally um, opening up and coming out of their shells. Uh, but we have so many buyers and just not enough properties um, for the market. So it's, it's a very tough competitive environment right now. That, that was a great way to explain it because people are always saying like, why, why is the market so crazy? And I think that's exactly it, right? There were a lot of folks that were still on the fence and they're saying, well, you know, interest rates will probably stay longer. We don't have to rush. And obviously there was a big exodus out of the cities, but now we're starting to see that, that everybody is deciding, hey, you know what, let's cash in. Let's try to take advantage of this now, especially since they're seeing the, the market and the prices go up. And, you know, I think, uh, I think what, What's really important for everybody that's listening to know that will really give you an edge is that humans by nature are always behind the signs, right? And so what I mean by that is that buyers are right now finding themselves behind the eight ball and they're chasing trying to get deals and sellers are enjoying it. Yet when this changes, it's going to switch and sellers are still going to be out there thinking, I can still do this. I can still get this. And then they're going to be rudely awakened when the buyers are like, we've had enough. It's not going to go down that way anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really excellent point. I think there's um, uh, this underlying tone of like that 2007 mm -hmm. feeling of where all the professionals are like, you know, it's definitely feast time, but we know what happens after a feast, famine. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's cyclical, it's going to happen. And everybody's kind of waiting, like, how long is this going to last? And uh, But on the same note, um, buyers out there who are like, hey, it's very competitive. It's like, if you want a house, you can still go out there and win. If you have the right strategies in play and you have the right team around you, you can still find the home that you're looking for, lock in the best race that we've ever seen. And you, maybe you'll pay a little, you'll, you'll pay a premium buying a home right now, but what you'll save in interest over the life of the loan still makes it really worth it to go out there and find a house. And for the sellers, it's still very beneficial to capitalize on the market and get the best return, you know, on your investment right now. Great, great point. We, we're getting that question a lot from buyers, right? Like, well, mm -hmm. should I just wait? And you touched on a little bit there that, yes, you're going to pay a premium, yet what you'll save with the interest rates that you get right now are not going to be around again and it's not going to make a difference, right? So we talk about all the time within our own organization of Red Anchor Properties, but then also with our clients that are working with us, we talk about the fact that there is a 10%, 1% correlation. And what we're talking about, of course, is the interest rate. For every 1% that an interest rate moves north or south, there's a 10% difference in the affordability. 
So just to make math simple, because a lot of people listening might be just like me and you and not the best math whizzes out there. If you got a $500,000 house and the interest rate goes from 3% to 4%, you can now as a buyer only afford $450,000. Now what's going to happen is that when those interest rates do go up, ultimately, that's when the sellers are going to just assume that they can continue to get 500. But since the buyers can no longer afford 500, the prices will have to come back down. But from a perspective of a buyer, your payment is the same. Your affordability is the same. So it doesn't matter if you buy it at 450 or 500. What matters is how much you're paying each month. And that's what we try to coach our buyers on quite a bit is like, hey, let's not focus on those numbers. Let's focus on what your affordability is and let's try to get you in under those rates. So, all right, I think this is a good segue. Why don't we jump in and let's talk a little bit about um, a couple of the failures that we've had with strong, strong offers that we felt we were putting out there and we were rudely told, sorry, nice try, but that's not gonna work for you or your buyer. Good luck on the next one, right? Why don't you share one of your recent ones that we were just like scratching our heads. I can't believe the seller didn't take that. What the heck did the buyer that won offer? Yeah, well, I'll I'll start from uh, the the strategy that I'm coaching all my buyers is if you're let's say let's use five hundred thousand as as a number, right? Mm-hmm. If your budget is five hundred thousand, works the same. If your budget is a hundred thousand, we should not be looking at houses that are going for sale for five hundred thousand because that house is probably going to sell five to ten percent above asking right now. Mm-hmm. There's only in many communities there's only one house for sale at a time because they're gone in you know one to three days, mm-hmm. right? So as soon as that house is there, it's gone. Um, so what we're doing with our clients is we're saying, hey, if your budget is 500,000, we should be looking at houses that are, you know, 450, you know, 475. And, you know, we should use your budget in order to now you could be the one who comes in overbidding other people. So when you're confused and complex, well, like this house was 500,000, how did it go for 550? Well, if we're if you're looking at 450, you could be the person who's coming in over asking. Mm-hmm. But uh, so some of the some of the, the lessons that we learned in this environment is um, I had a client and uh, we were looking at a house. <clears throat> their budget was around uh, this was actually a home in Columbia. And um, I believe the asking price was around 340. Mm-hmm. Uh, this house was underpriced. They're using some of our, our listing strategies, which is to price it aggressively and then let the buyers fight over the property. So mm-hmm. I recognize that this house will probably be better priced, um, maybe around the the the, the three. 60, you know, 370 mark will probably be very competitive. Um, and they, the buyers were like, you know what, our budget is 400,000 because, you know, they listened to our strategy and said, hey, we're not going to look at $400,000 houses. We'll look under our budget. But they wanted to use their their budget to bump out the competition. Unfortunately, their, uh, their agent looked at their strong offer. They offered 400,000. They're like, wow, you're coming in 60 grand over wow, asking 400,000. Okay. Yeah. $60,000 over the 60 list. 60 over. And this is a very common, I mean, we're seeing houses going, you know, 10, 15% over asking. So yeah. it wasn't uncommon. Uh, they were in a multiple offer scenario and the seller ended up actually taking a lower offer because they thought it was, it was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the lessons that I learned through that was, you know what, um, um, even if, even if uh, uh, they have the budget to bump out the competition, uh, maybe implementing an escalation clause uh, would have been a better strategy. And we actually ended up doing that for the next offer they put on and it worked out fine. It didn't scare off the seller to be like, oh, wow, like 60 grand over, like what's happening here? You mm-hmm. know, so, um, but now what their agent could have did is, is communicate because mm-hmm. these clients actually had the cash 
um, in order to give some additional insurance that if this home doesn't appraise, this is getting a little bit deeper into the weeds, we'll go into this, but if the home doesn't appraise for uh, their offer amount, they would have covered the difference in cash. And that's one of the strategies that we're starting to use right now as well. So uh, uh, super aggressive offers can, um, 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 even if you have the highest and best offer, um, it can deter a seller if they're like, wow, this is too good to be true or what else is gonna happen, you know, uh, cause there's still a lot of other contingencies that have to be in place in order for them to get that as their net. And in this case, uh, it, 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 that strategy didn't work for that particular home. But at the end of the day, we are able to recalibrate, put in another offer um, that was a little bit more complex that we can get into. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, um, it still got them, you know, a better home, you know, anywhere yeah. from a townhouse to a single family home, nice. a better community. So it nice. still ended up working out. Yep. And so everybody listening, it does work out sometimes that way. And we say all the time, like, don't get discouraged. You're giving your very best offer that you can. And the first shot might not work, right? So you've got to go in with some thick skin, but let's unpack a little bit what you were talking about there in the offer, right? And so I think there's a couple of things that are really important for not only consumers, but also for the agents that may be listening out there. Communication is key always, okay? We're big on communication at Red Anchor Properties. We understand the importance of it, that, that you know, that art of picking up the phone and calling the listing agent and and developing a rapport with them and also trying to find out what's important to your seller, but then maybe also like pre-pitching and pre-selling your offer that's, that can go a long way to help the, because to help the, the listing agent or the buyer's agent, depending on what side you are on to help them understand what's going to be important. Right. And, and what, what we do understand is that five years ago, there were about 45,000 real estate agents licensed in our multiple listing service. Okay. Which covers, you know, um, part of Pennsylvania, Maryland, DC, and, uh, and Virginia. Now, all of a sudden, there's about 65,000 agents. Okay. And so not to knock these agents, obviously, everybody's out there, and they're trying to do their very best, but not every agent is created equal, because they don't have the same amount of time on task. And if they don't have the same amount of time on task, they may not understand the nuances of an offer as well as we do. And even us sometimes might just assume, and we have to always be reminding ourselves, you got to have that conversation and make sure that you walk them through how it's going to work. So a couple things that Kenny was saying that he did there is that they came out of the gate with a super strong offer, which is awesome. Now, what he didn't share with you is that probably what was going on on the other side is that the seller and the buyer's agent were thinking, well, it's an FHA loan versus a conventional loan. And we can unpack that in another episode, the difference between those two. And you know, the appraisal might be more stringent. And so we might not get it. And if it's an FHA loan, they may not have, quote unquote, typically, they're probably not as qualified. They may not have as much cash reserve. And so as a result, they probably made a mental decision without communicating back to you. Hey, do they have the ability to consummate the sale in the event of a shortfall in the appraisal? And all that it could have taken is some communication. And that listing agent probably would have gotten a better deal for his client. Because they took a lower offer, didn't they? Yeah, they took a lower offer because uh, it was conventional and they felt like it was, uh, like you said, it, it comes down to the appraisal. So even though right now we're all pushing the market, you know, everybody is trying to be aggressive with their offers. Um, uh, houses are often breaking records in the communities they're in, which, which means that a house of similar condition hasn't sold for this amount before. And ultimately, if they, if they were to take an offer, even if it's higher, if that home doesn't appraise, like for FHA, if the home doesn't appraise for what you offered, <clears throat> uh, 
then um, most of the time you're still negotiating. And then a buyer would likely come back and say, hey, look, the bank isn't going to uh, uh, give me a loan for 400000 because it's home appraised for three eighty. So mm-hmm. now will you lower the sales price to three eighty? So the net will end up being lower for the seller should the home not appraise. Right. What we did with the next offer is we offered a, a guarantee, which basically said if this home doesn't appraise for what we offered, the buyer is willing to cover the difference up to X amount of dollars. So they're mm-hmm. giving the seller some additional assurance that yes, we are offering above what you're asking for the home and maybe above what, what any other house is sold for in this community. But what, what our offer, we're going to guarantee you that we will cover the difference between that appraised value and the offer should the home not appraise for that amount. Now, Best case scenario, the home actually appraises for what right. we're offering. But if it doesn't, the seller has some reserves that they're willing to put up to make their offer stronger um, in the event that that happens. Right, right. And he said seller, but he meant buyer. I think we all know that. Thank so, you, you know, um, thank you. That That's a really good explanation of, of the process. And so the document that's used for buyers out there and or agents that are representing buyers, it's an escalation clause. Okay. And so there are a couple of different ways that you can go into an offer. And so I'll, I'll now share one that I recently did that, that, that was a fail, right? It was an offer fail and, and it totally left me scratching my head. So we have a well-qualified couple that are going with conventional financing. Um, the, the house was listed only a couple of days on the market, beautiful home. It was listed at $350,000, which was right about at the market for this community. Okay. However, this house was built five years ago and the rest of the community was built like 15 to 25 years ago. So it it did have an advantage in that sense. So we made an offer at $365,000, which is where I believed that that house could still most likely appraise. Okay. And then they didn't have an exuberant amount of cash out of pocket, but they did have some, and they were able to come up with some more. So we made an escalation clause up to $375,000. Okay. And then that got the seller a guarantee of 375. Well, a guarantee of $10,000 above the appraised value. If it appraised at 360, it would have been 370. So what we did on the other side to make it a little bit sweeter is we also offered to pay the seller's transfer and recordation taxes, which was about another $3,500. Okay. They also waived any inspection contingencies. However, they did request the ability to hold, have an, uh, have a home inspection just for informational purposes, if they chose at their expense. And of course it would not be anything that they could utilize to get out of the contract. So we went through all those steps, which I thought was a really strong offer, had good conversation with the listing agent on the other side, really nice guy, certainly professional knew what the heck he was doing. And so we felt really, really good about it. And now uh, at first we had actually only guaranteed $5,000 above the appraised value. And he called us and we came back and we were able to, we were able to work up another five. So we were able to increase that to $10,000. So just to recap, $350,000, price escalating $25,000 above to $375,000, paying the transfer and recordation taxes, waiving in the inspection contingency on the property, okay? Four days on the market. They don't get it. It just leaves us scratching our head going, what in the heck was the offer that won that deal. Now, unfortunately, people are probably asking, well, what was it? Well, we won't know until it actually closes what it was. 
And the reason that beat agents do that, because people always ask, well, why won't they just tell you? Well, God forbid that that offer fell out of contract. Now they would have already given away their stance and their position where they were, and they don't want to ever do that. So that's right. why they don't. Can't so, show your hand. Exactly. You always have to be worried about whether or not you're giving away or divulging too much information that may hurt your client, whether you're representing the buyer and or the seller. So, so that was a contract that, that we didn't get, right? Now, there are, there, are, there are deals out there that are happening where people are literally cash, no financing contingency, they're paying transfer recordation taxes, they're giving free rent backs, you name it. There's all sorts of super aggressive things that are out there. And so what's really important at the end of the day is not for us to hear, be here and tell you this is exactly what you're going to do that's going to get you the contract because you know what? There's no silver bullet. Yet what's really important for you to know is that there are options and that it's not black and white and it's not just about price. And so the conversation that I even have with sellers is, listen, we're going to list your house and we're going to need a lot of offers and it's going to go way above. Yet we're not just going to take the highest priced offer because the highest price offer doesn't guarantee, number one, that they'll close and number two, that they're going to be able to still guarantee you that number if they don't have the means to do so. So there's a lot of moving parts inside of it. And what I, what, I, what I said to us as a team in the meeting just the other day, right, is that these are the times that as a real estate professional, that you cut your teeth, that you earn your stripes, that you really learn how to get creative and get very, very good. And also that the most important thing that we can do now more than ever is to make sure that we're establishing really, really clear expectations with our clients up front so that they are prepared and ready and that they're making a decision based on their, their knowledge of the whole picture and whether or not they're willing to play that game. Because it is certainly, we're in the pros right now if you wanted to compare it to something, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the best way of putting it. We're definitely in the pros right now. Um, you know, offers have to be a little bit more complex. Like, you know, there are at least five features to that offer um, that would have been different if we were talking about putting in offers in in 2019, right? Mm -hmm. where, where the market was completely, you know, flipped around. Um, I, I definitely say that right now we have to do more coaching um, with our buyers before they go into the market is to kind of prepare them about what they're going to have to do in order to, to win. Uh, but I want to go back to one thing that you said is that uh, we've, we've had, you know, we've sold houses and got 20 offers on a home, right? It's a lot of fun being on the seller side. Uh, but on the other side of that, for every one buyer who wins, there are 19 people who don't get the home, you know, that they're going after. And, and it can be demoralizing. It can be uh, people sometimes are like, you know what, I'm just stuck. I can't do this again. And, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'll wait until next year, you know, but, you know, our job is to kind of keep them in the fight, but to prepare them emotionally as well to say, hey, look, you may not get the first one that you go after, but oftentimes like that's just not, that home wasn't meant for you. At the end mm -hmm. of the day, I always feel like, you get the house that was meant for you and, and your situation, your family, your, your financial situation. Sometimes people get really excited and they'll stretch their budget to where it's a little bit uncomfortable, just kind of getting caught up in, in all the excitement, you know, of, of buying a home. Yeah. But in the, the day, uh, they end up getting, you know, the right home, uh, you know, for them personally and, and financially. Right. Uh, so I, I think being working with buyers right now just requires a little bit more prep before you go into the market, uh, fully explaining to them, you know, all the features of an offer. What I try to do is, is for you to not hear something for the first time once we're in it. And oftentimes I come across buyers 
who maybe they were working with somebody else and it didn't work out and they uh, they, they ended up coming back on the market now, <clears throat> deciding to buy a home. And I'm explaining to them uh, the process and they're like, you know what? Um, I, I, don't, I don't even know what an EMD is. My, <laughs> my last agent didn't even explain to me what, what that is. Or, or people tell me their horror stories that, yeah, I got a house on a contract. I didn't know I had to put that earnest money deposit up. That's what EMD is. I didn't know how to put that up right now. I thought that mm -hmm. was at closing. Right. So I think preparing your buyers, having a proper buyer consultation, having somebody who will walk through um, everything that happens on the buyer's end uh, from before you look at a home, getting pre-approved, um, uh, putting up an earnest money deposit, all the complexities of your contingencies that are part of your contract, uh, choosing a lender, right? The lender is, is a, a crucial part of, of this conversation. A lot of people, they'll go on, they'll Google a lender and get a pre-approval. As when we're representing sellers, we are not just judging an offer by the complexity of the out, but we know which lenders can perform and which ones cannot. And right. we, we have to advise our sellers like, hey, if you're using this particular lender, uh, right now they're saying they're gonna close in 30 days. I know from personal experience that they're on a 60 day uh, a closing time right now. Yeah, for sure. They're not going to close in 30 days. I promise you this because I've dealt with them multiple times. We're not going to name any names, but right. we know who cannot <laughs> know. perform. All you um, aces out there know too. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody knows. So, uh, uh, so, so going back, you may, we we have to make sure that we're properly coaching our buyers. If you're out there and you're a buyer right now, and you're you know your agent should be coaching you before you even go to war. You should know. Mm, love that everything that you're going to encounter. And then now when it happens, it's like, okay, Kenny, you told me this was going to happen. Now we're here. Now I feel a little more confident about, you know, going as is with inspection, going as is without inspection. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really what's going to be required right now going into the market is, is preparation and, and, and understanding what you have to do to beat other people. Yeah, that's awesome. That, I think that's a really, really great point. And so buyers, agents and buyers that are listening to this right now, We'll start with buyers, okay? There is a law in the state of Maryland and basically in DC and Virginia as well that if you do not have a signed buyer agency agreement with your agent, that agent technically is working for the seller, meaning that they can tell you, yes, the house is listed at this. Yes, the house is built in this year. Yes, the school district is this. But all the things that we were just talking about, which are actually fiduciary conversations that you would have with a buyer, that buyer's agent can't do that. So when a buyer's agent asks you to please meet with them to have a consultation, first know that you're probably working with a professional if they even have a consultation that they're willing to and want to present to you. And two, when they ask you to sign the paperwork, understand that it is a requirement so that they can actually represent your best interests. It's very important, okay? Um, now, also just keep in mind that contract is is just a, it's a legally binding contract, yet it is typically a 24 hour written notice. I don't like you anymore, Kenny. I don't want to work with you. And you're out of it. OK, also nine times out of 10, the, the buyer is not going to pay any commission for their services whatsoever. OK, now buyers, agents, don't be afraid to make sure that you hold a standard. Let the buyers know what is required because it's so important. If you don't do it, you're letting them down. If you're afraid to ask and let them know, I'm so sorry, I can't work with you unless we have this meeting because I need to prepare you. 
Well, then you're doing a disservice to them. So don't allow your fear to get in the way. And buyers, please don't allow your fear of signing an agreement and getting into a committed relationship with somebody to keep you from getting the information necessary because the market is nuts out there. And even if it's not nuts, it's still important information. And people that actually take the time to give you that professional information, like we require all of our agents and all of our clients to go through, those are the folks that you know have the training, have the skill, have the knowledge that are going to be your advocate. And so we consider ourselves consultants. We're not salespeople because we're not selling anybody anything, right, Kenny? We're, 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 we're consulting them through the process and they're buying a house that they fall in love with. We're not selling them a house. We can't take any person that says they want to live in Montgomery County over to Howard County and tell them, hey, here's a great house. I think you should buy it. Look <laughs> at all the features. It's just not going to work. And that's not mm -hmm. how this business works, right? Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. Uh, we're, we're definitely consultants. I feel like we're also um, uh, coaches, right? So when you uh, like... Let's let's take let's take the, the I feel like we're at war right now. I literally mm -hmm. feel like yeah. going into the market, you know, you have to suit up, you know, you have to be prepared. Got to put your uh, eye black on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Got to put your armor on. Uh, there's going to be some bumps and bruises, um, but there's a goal. And one thing that I try to do is um, not not allow people to quit, not not on me, but on themselves. Mm. You know, if, if this is your goal for your family or, or for yourself, whatever your situation is, and, and you made a goal that, you know, this year I'm going to, you know, buy my first home or, or, or sell, sell my home and then buy, buy my next home. Uh, you have to be focused, you have to be prepared, and you have to have a timeline. So what I, what I typically try to do is, is deconstruct. When, when is your goal? If this is somebody's first house and maybe they have their, their lease, I'll say, okay, when is your lease up? Oh, my lease is up in May. Okay, well, you should be having a conversation with your landlord about going month to month. Okay, mm -hmm. don't put yourself into a, a tight spot to where you have no other option but to, right. to buy or, or get out. You know, prepare yourself. It might it might take you more than 30 days to get under contract. Okay. Right. So so deconstructing, you know, and then finding out, okay, here, here's a date where we need to be under contract by. And how does that compare to where we are right now? How much time do we have? Do you need so do you need to prepare for the future uh, in, in case this doesn't happen? Well, what happens if your lease doesn't end until uh, uh, November, December? And you're out here right now. What if we go into contract tomorrow? You know, and then in two months you're making your first mortgage payment. You know, what are you going to do? What kind of conversations do you need to have? How do you need to prepare? You know, your, yourself personally. You know, as well. So it's more than just about the home. It's also about you as a person, your your financial goals. I had a client that I met with, and um, uh, through discovery of our conversation, um, it was revealed that they had not started uh, uh, saving for retirement yet. Mm. And so it was like, okay, well, before you buy a home. Uh, maybe you should be uh, maximizing your your 401k, and then maybe your budget should be based upon based around after you've saved for retirement and your other financial goals. What do you have then? Because you might buy a house, and I think they call it being being house poor, right? right. Where where you maximize your budget because the bank says they'll give you this amount of money. You buy the house, and then you look up and say, oh, maybe I should start saving for retirement. I have nothing left, you yeah. know. Um, so it, it's it is more about it, it is more than just buying a home. It's about what your, what your goals are as an individual, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that that could be our next uh, episode. Sounds like a mm -hmm. perfect segue into it because what we always tell our buyers when we start working with them is that number two pillar and even more important than meeting with us as real estate professionals is to get yourself in front of a local trusted professional lender with a good track record because they have to do a financial checkup 
right? Check up from the neck up, make sure that you are actually in a position to be able to buy because the last thing you ever want to do is go out shopping without knowing that you have the ability to make that purchase. So what we like to call it is once we get that checkup, then you have the ability to go shopping and buy with authority, right? So I think that'll be our next episode as we come back. Um, Kenny, I think we're going to wrap it up here. You have anything else you want to add before we tune off? You know, other than, you know, if you're looking to buy, sell or invest, you know, reach out to Romeo or myself, you know, we are ready and willing and we have a great team, you know, behind us. This is more than we're having a conversation, but we have a great team behind us that uh, um, other salesperson and our, our admin and uh, office staff um, uh, to make your experiences, you know, as smooth as possible. So so definitely connect with us. Yeah, for sure. If you guys have any follow up questions to these. You can email me at Romeo at Red Anchor Properties. You can reach Kenny at Kenny at Red Anchor Properties. That's Romeo, R-O-M-E-O, not R-O-M-I-O, like some people like to spell it. Uh, You can also find me on uh, Instagram, on TikTok. You can find me on Facebook. Um, It's it's Romeo Santos on Facebook. It's um, Real Estate Romeo on Instagram and also on TikTok. So uh, Kenny, what are your handles there so people can find you? Uh, so I'm a realtor, Kenny Fulton on um, uh, Instagram and, and Facebook and uh, text as well, 443-763-0958. Feel free to reach out and uh, we, you know, we'll be ready. Awesome. And you guys can also find our website. We've got two, www.redanchorhomes.com and www.redanchorproperties.com. Everybody, it's been fun. I hope this was helpful and informative. Kenny, thanks so much for your time. And uh, let's go out there and help our clients. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody.